Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. What is going on, Recovery to Recovered family? So good to be back with you. We are in our series, Ruthinator, and we're jumping into part five today. Hard to believe we've been going through this over the last five weeks in the book of Ruth, something that uh, I believe God is using mightily to touch and help you understand his word and understand the story of Ruth and how it relates to you today. We're talking about episode 27 today. Come on, somebody. Episode 27. Wow, it's hard to believe we've been going 27 weeks now on the Recovery to Recovered podcast. Man, I'm I'm so blessed by this. I pray and hope that this podcast is blessing you richly and growing you in the revelation and knowledge of Jesus. You know, we do talk a lot about recovery in the church on this podcast show. And, um, you know, we haven't done any interviews i've got a great great interview coming up in the next couple of weeks um, that i am getting set up i don't want to release too much about that but it is going to be an incredible incredible interview with an incredible individual um, who has been working in the recovery faith-based recovery community for a long time in the teen challenge family so praise god for that i'm excited to get into that but we're going to finish up Uh, this series in Ruth and then we're going to jump back into some interviews and talk some recovery stuff in the new year I have some uh, some big big stuff coming your way in the new year on the podcast show talking recovery in the church and doing uh, some interviews with some with some incredible individuals so uh, I pray that you continue to check us out continue to listen in we love you guys and are grateful for all of our listeners out there so with all that being said we're about to jump into this thing. I'm so, so hyped about today. Territory, transaction, and transformation. I'll say it again. Territory, transaction, transformation. Ruthinator, part five. Let's go. So Boaz redeems Ruth here. So now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there. And behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken by So Boaz said, come aside, friend, sit down here. So he came aside and sat down and he took 10 men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the close relative, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, sold the piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech. And I thought to inform you, saying, buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me. That I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, On the day that you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabite. What? You must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess? Pay attention. The wife of the dead, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot. See, sometimes when things get tough, people are ready to throw in the towel. Not Mr. Boaz, right? Uh, Verse 7, 
Now this is the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging to confirm anything. One man took off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was confirmation in Israel. Therefore the close relative said to Boaz, Buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandal, and Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and was Shilion's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are witnesses this day father over the next couple of moments i pray that you would bless the reading of your word anoint me to preach this word to your people today may it go unto the people that need to receive this word that transaction territory and transformation lord may it bless your people in the name of jesus amen so we've been in the book of ruth and we have already discussed so much right over the last several weeks we've established all of our characters and who they are we've talked about what will happen when you leave the bread and the praise right Bethlehem Judah what happens when you leave the bread and the praise nothing good happens right everything starts dying we've talked about not blaming God when you leave the word and the praise we've talked about what praise can actually set you up for and that's victory right praise can turn the thing that was designed to keep you out into a ramp to get you in aka Jericho a couple of weeks ago, we talked about favor and how every believer has a level of favor, but that more favor is available to you because of your lifestyle, a lifestyle of righteousness like Noah, a lifestyle of virtue, faithfulness and perseverance like Ruth can set you up for supernatural favor. Praise God. We established that favor is not the same thing as the grace of God or the love of God, right? You can do nothing more to earn the love of God or the grace of God. The fact is that you actually don't deserve either one of those. But because he is who he is, come on somebody, because he is who he is, which is love, we both have grace and love. We have the grace of God and not the wrath of God because of what Jesus has done on the cross, right? The grace of God isn't free, but it was paid for on Calvary. We talked about favor and how favor is actually what God does in someone else and not necessarily you, that God can put you in front of people and begin to give you favor, not only in his sight, but in the sight of man that can take you from begging to owning. So we established that favor, that the favor of God has to do with your lifestyle and what God will speak to someone else about your life, right? We, we understand that. We talked about gleaning and how some of us aren't walking in supernatural favor because we're following people that aren't dropping anything for us to pick up. I could stop preaching right there and it'd be good. We got to stop following people. We got to stop trying to glean off of people that have nothing to offer us that aren't dropping anything for us. We talked about the moment that you begin to glean in someone's field who does have something to drop is the moment that you can just so happen to get into the right field right the bible says that ruth's just so happen to get into boaz's field i think she knew what she was doing amen to where you can find favor in someone else's sight and if you can find favor in the right person's sight god can use that person to take you from begging to owning i'm talking about the supernatural favor of god come on somebody right the supernatural favor of god is available to you because of your lifestyle and last week we talked about the kinsman redeemer concept we talked about what the kinsman redeemer is and what his role is 
Redeeming the land is the first thing that they do. Then they redeem the people left. We talked about how Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He stepped in and saved the day, right? He's redeemed us, God's territory, God's creation. By the way, we were lost, right? The kingdom is like a lost coin. Jesus always compares the kingdom to something that was lost, a lost coin, a lost son, etc. He also makes it clear the kingdom is neither here nor there, but within you. So our kinsman redeemer, Jesus, came to get us back, to take back territory from the enemy, We talked about how when you are faithful with the edges of the field, it will set you up for owning the field. That's good preaching right there, too. When you are faithful on the edges of the field, it will set you up for owning the field. Right. When you can be faithful when nobody's looking, when you can be faithful with the little things that God's given you, he can trust you with the big things. Right. And we talked about whatever field you've had to go through in life that has been hard. It is actually a field that God intends you to own. You went through the field of depression so that you could one day own the joy of the Lord. Come on, somebody. God let you go through the field of addiction so that you could own some sobriety and possibly help somebody aka btb miriam house right god let you go through the field of lustful thoughts and actions so that one day you could own the field of purity god let you go through broken homes and divorce so that you can get this one right or that if you were a child that went through that you can get your marriage right god let you go through the field of anxiety and worry so you could own the peace that the lord freely gives i said the field that you had to beg in is actually a setup from King Jesus, your kinsman redeemer, for you to own that thing one day. And this is where we pick up in verse 5. Then Boaz said on the day that you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. Now, if you ain't paying attention to your word, you'll miss stuff like this. Because I'm like, hold up, wait a minute, what is going on? Because I just read that he had to buy it back from Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of the dead. I mean, what are you, what are you talking about, Brother Boaz? I mean, what do you mean he, he has to buy it back from the hand of Naomi and also buy it back from Ruth, the Moabite? Naomi sent her to beg and glean from the edges of the field. How can this man have to buy anything from a beggar? How can he have to buy from somebody who's on the outside looking in? I'll tell you why this morning. Because Ruth technically already owned the field that she was begging in. It was her inheritance. She just hadn't realized it yet. She needed a redeemer to make this thing official. And she found one in Boaz. I also came to tell somebody today, and I came with some good news today. I told you last week that Ruth is a picture of us, so the good news is this, that you already own whatever field it is that you have been begging in. Come on, somebody. You just need to get to your Redeemer, Jesus. A lot of y'all have already had your encounter with the Redeemer, Jesus. You need. You just need somebody to tell you, stop begging in the field that you're supposed to own. Like I said last week, you're a believer. Get up and wash yourself off. Anoint your head with oil. Like I said last week, you're a child of God. Quit begging for God to deliver you from addiction. You've got the Holy Ghost who will produce self-control on the inside of you. You already own sobriety. Start walking in it. 
Stop becking for God to deliver you from nicotine and tap into the power that's on the inside of you that's available to you. Stop begging for peace. The king of peace lives on the inside of you. Stop begging for financial breakthrough. You're married to the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You're married to the one who owns the earth and all the fullness thereof. You just need to sit at the feet of your kinsman redeemer and make your request known to God. Make your petitions known to God and say, God, this is what I need. This is what I'm looking for. And he who is a good father delivers good gifts unto his children. You just need to get to Jesus. You just need to get to your Boaz and sit at his feet like Ruth did and make your requests known. Sounds like something out of the Bible, right? Worry or be anxious for nothing, but instead with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. Let me help us this morning. You're the bride of Christ. Your husband owns it all. And I came to tell somebody, stop begging for what you already own. Somebody shout hallelujah. Mm. So the number one assignment of the kinsman redeemer is to redeem the land. This thing has always been about territory. The story of Ruth is about territory. Guess what? The gospel, it's about territory. The good news of the gospel is that the father sent his son Jesus to redeem you, which is what? His territory. Let's talk about that for a second with this concept of redeeming the land or territory. I said it earlier, the title today is Territory, Transaction, and Transformation, because that's what this is all about. The territory has to be took back through a transaction in order for transformation to take place. Man, that's so good. I'm going to say it again. The territory has to be took back through a transaction in order for transformation to take place. Jesus came to take back territory from the devil. That's why you got saved. Right. You know, Jesus came to back to take back territory from the devil, which is what you were before you got saved. Jesus is all about territory and sometimes he can even be slick about it. But this is what a redeemer is all about. You know, I'm reminded of a couple of encounters Jesus had with two individuals that actually freak out the disciples. And they're thinking, what in the world is he doing? He literally goes out of the way to have these encounters. And it's with the Samaritan woman and the Gadarene man who is filled with a legion of demons. Do y'all remember those stories, right? In the, the story of the Samaritan woman, the Bible says that he had to go through Samaria. Key word, quotation marks. He had to. Because see, remember I told y'all Jesus is all about territory. Jesus here sits at a well with a woman who has had five husbands and her life has been a mess. And they begin to have interaction with one another. And Jesus isn't scared of getting what she's got. Because he knows there isn't a chance I can get what she has. But if she can get close enough to what I have, if she can get close enough and in proximity enough to get what I have and for some of this of what I have to get on her, she can be the one to take back territory for me in this area, in this region. And Jesus here lets this woman get close enough to him that she gets a viral infection of him that changes her forever. There is a degree of encounter that happens here that is transactional. It's about territory and it produces transformation. 
you know, we've we've heard a lot about viral infections in 2020. And the problem with a lot of our encounters with Jesus is that they have been inoculations instead of infections. We know what an inoculation is, right? We give you just enough of something to keep you from getting the real thing. They'll give you just enough of the flu to try to keep you from getting the flu. They're about to try to give you a little bit of coronavirus to try to keep you from getting the real thing. But that that's this is this is what we've done in the church. We think we can create a program or an order of service for an encounter, but it has become an inoculation. And you might be asking, well, Caleb, why why do you say that? How have we done so? Watch this. Three songs, one fast, two slow, 45 minute service, coffee and donuts in the foyer. Take up some money. Dismiss in prayer. Bye bye. See you next week. But if you're not worried about taking back territory for the kingdom of God, the church actually has a right to question whether what you have is some fad fascination, inoculation, or if you have a viral infection of the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus here goes out of his way to have this interaction with this lady that he can send her back in after the very ones that she used to have problems with. I mean... This is Damon Thompson said it like this, talking about this whole ordeal. He said, Jesus, don't send her back to the men of the town. Right. I I mean, this is the one that the pastor. If you're a pastor, you bring in your wife into the counseling session and you leave the door open. But not with Jesus. Right. Think about the gathering man. It's the same story. They go out of their way and cross over the lake just to leave and go back after Jesus has this encounter with the man. He comes running out at them filled with a legion of demons and these demons beg him to go into the pigs. By the way, they ask to go into the pigs so that they can stay in the region territory. Jesus casts them out and then the man begs to leave with Jesus and Jesus says, no, you stay here as the apostolic leader to a place that just ran me off because they like you better bound and they like you set free. Come on, we're talking about territory. Somebody said with me, territory, territory. Jesus has redeemed you so that you can take back territory for the kingdom of God. We understand it's about territory when redeeming the land. But in order to do so, a transaction must take place. Watch this, verse 7. Now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging to confirm anything. One man took off his sandal and gave it to the other And this was a confirmation in Israel. Therefore, the close relative said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandal and Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Shilion's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. So there was a transaction that took place here in Ruth. Boaz made the transaction. He paid the price there was a transaction that took place with the Samaritan woman there was a transaction that took place with the Gadarene man there was a transaction that took place with the encounter with Jesus just like your transaction will take place with Jesus do you know what happens with the transaction one party receives something that they didn't own before by someone buying it 
We talked earlier about owning the field you went through in life. And can I tell you right now, the only reason you can own what you have walked through in your life is because of the transaction that took place on Calvary. I think I feel like preaching a little bit. It's because of the transaction that your Redeemer has paid that you can go from death to life. It's because of your Redeemer Jesus that you can go from begging to owning. It's because of your Redeemer Jesus that you can walk through the field of depression and in a couple of months own the joy of the Lord. It's because of your Redeemer Jesus that you can go from being an addict one year and a child of God the next. It's because of your Redeemer Jesus that you can go from being in the town being the town hussy to one day becoming the first woman preacher in the next come on somebody it's because your redeemer jesus that you can go from being a man filled with six thousand demons to being an apostolic leader the next don't look at your circumstances of begging in your first and second chapter chapter get a revelation that there is something that jesus can do inside of you that can redeem the land and you go to owning it in the fourth chapter give god a shout of praise Wherever it is that you're at right now, in the gym, in the cubicle, freak somebody out. Because I'm telling you right now, with your kinsman redeemer Jesus on your side, you can go from begging whatever field it was that you have been begging in for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 6 months, or yesterday because of territory, transaction, and transformation that can only happen by the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Hmm feel this thing today which brings me to my last point here after the transaction with Boaz paying the price after the transaction of your Boaz Jesus paying the price the transformation takes place do we understand that that's what the story of Ruth is about it's about transformation she is transformed from beggar to owner from poor to rich from widow to married from barren to fruitful, from broken to healed, from an idol worshiper to a daughter of the king. Come on, somebody. From a nobody to being mentioned in the lineage of King David and of the great and mighty king, the king of kings, King Jesus himself. Come on. This is some really good news, folks, especially when you realize this is what your story is about as well. The gospel's always been about transformation. The gospel has transformed you from being spiritually broke to spiritually rich. Amen. The, the Bible says that God's blessed you with every spiritual blessing. The gospel has transformed you from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive. The gospel has transformed you. The gospel has and always will be about complete transformation. Come on, somebody. The gospel has transformed you from sinner to being the righteousness of God in Christ jesus the gospel will take you from being an addict one moment to being set free in the next the gospel can take you from addict to director and pastor hello the gospel will take you from being depressed to having joy the gospel will take you from being a thief to being a giver the gospel turns the liar into a man of integrity the gospel turns the womanizer into a man who honors woman come on i'm talking about the gospel of jesus christ the gospel that says everything that was in his account gets transferred into your account and now you are the righteousness of god i'm I'm talking about the gospel that says while you were yet a sinner he who knew no sin became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God this is your story and it's a story of transformation transaction takes place territories gained and transformation can hit your life 
and can hit your heart. Wow. Man, I felt that thing today, and I hope that it has blessed you. Transformation, transformation, transformation is what the gospel has always been about. It's the story of Ruth. The story of Ruth is me, and it's you. We go from being spiritually broke to spiritually rich. We go from having nothing to gaining everything. My, my, my. What a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. The transaction has took place. It took place on Calvary. The territory was gained back, which is your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. And the transformation of that mind, will, and emotions in your being is possible because of the power of the Holy Ghost at work on the inside of you. Praise God. Praise God. I hope today's episode blessed you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do not miss next week. We are closing out our Ruth and Nader series. It's going to be incredible. Uh, I don't know. This might be the one of the best uh, sermons I've ever put together. I love this last part in Ruth and Nader because God's ready to birth something in his people. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in. We cannot wait for you to tune in next week. Bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.